Some days are terrible. You wish that you were dead, and some days are magical, like grape banana bread. Someday we'll be friends with the voices in our heads. The voices in our heads. Oh hi! I'm so much. I'm in such a better mood than I was last week, y'all. Woo! Welcome to the voices in our heads. I'm a happier girl, Christina Hutchinson. Hello, Kevin. How are you, honey? Oh, my God. I'm in such a great mood, you guys. I just had the sads, I guess. Well, I know. I told you about it, and I felt it. Man, I'm doing so much better. It's like I can't be sad for more than a certain amount of time, which I'm so thankful for, because my body's just like... All right, we're done with this, you know, because when I'm sad, I'll let everyone know. I'll walk outside and be like, guys, I'm sad today. So give me a second. (laughs) I'll tell people who didn't ask people I don't know. But when I'm happy, I just I'm like, the hills are alive and I'm just smiling at everybody. This is great. I rollerbladed. I just got back from rollerblading. It's fucking 61 degrees in New York City. If you live in New York City, then you know. But if you don't live in New York City or you never have lived in New York City, let me tell you something. When spring comes along in New York City, it is the most alive feeling on the planet being here because we fucking hate the winter, even though we, you know, we've been doing comedy in it. We've been walking in it. We've been running in it. We've been riding our bikes in it. We've been rolling in it, you know. But God damn, because we know that spring is coming and spring has come and whoo, I'm feeling so much better. I rollerbladed today. Okay, so, so much to tell you. Whenever I start press record on these episodes, I'm like, and I want to tell you this, and I want to tell you this. I'm like, Christina, you, you wrote an outline so you could tell people the stuff. Like, take shut the fuck up and take your time. I got caterpillars again because... Well, okay, so last time I got them, there's this company called Insect Lore, and the last time I got them, because my friend has a child, and got them for her child, and put them on her Instagram story, and I was like, I'm a child, where can I get that, please? So I got them last year. Uh, In the dead of winter, it did not dawn on me to look up if caterpillars are seasonal, okay? And I didn't... I just didn't think about it. All I was thinking about is how great it's going to be to watch these little baby caterpillars grow up into butterflies. And then I got them in the mail and I immediately looked up stuff about them, the type of butterfly they were. Well, they were little worms when I got them. And then it said that you're not allowed, like they're not, they don't hang out in the winter. I guess they die. So if I were to release them by the time they're caterpillar or butterflies and then I get to enjoy them a little bit and then you release them. That's how it goes, right? You hang out with them for like a day or two and then you release them. You can't release them in weather that's below 55 degrees, a temperature that's that cold because they'll die. So I looked up. I was so excited. I got them in the mail and I was like, I'm a mom. Yay. And then I immediately learned that they don't live in the winter. I'm like, oh, well, what the fuck? Why'd you sell them to me? You know, I don't live in Florida. But they sold them to me. And so after learning that they would face a frigid demise in the cold weather, I kept them inside only for them to die slowly as their wings got stuck on the pieces of strawberry I was putting in their home area. It was real sad. It was like it was so sad, guys. I don't think I don't know if I talked about this part last year because it was just too sad. I couldn't handle it like there. You, you could put fruit in 
you know, and I did it and you see them, their little suction cup, little something comes out when they eat, when a butterfly eats, it looks like a fifth leg comes out of their mouth. It looks like a dick comes out of their mouth and just injects itself into the fruit piece of fruit and then it, he they drink it. And it, that was really cool. But then their wings would get stuck on the fruit. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm a fucking de- I'm the devil. I'm the Hitler of butterflies. This is fucking terrible. Like, I didn't mean to. So I'm not the Hitler of butterflies. But I felt so bad. And I was like, next time, next spring is going to come. And I'm going to goddamn get those butterflies and hang out with them for a day and then release them. So look on my Instagram if you want caterpillar updates. It's at Christina Hutch. God, I'm so happy that the weather is nice. Hey, you guys, I'm going on tour with Corinne. And I have one date that I'm, it's just me and Vonda Carlos featuring. But here are the cities I'm going to be at. Okay. Baltimore, Maryland. T- this Friday and Saturday. Corinne and I are at Magoobies. St. Louis, Missouri. Didn't know it was in Missouri until I Googled it. Oops. April 1st through the 3rd, Corinne and I are going to be at Helium. Nashville, Tennessee, yeehaw, motherfuckers. Corinne and I are going to be there April 13th. Sorry if I'm offending you with this accent. We're going to be at Zanies with our boots. And then Portland, Oregon, Corinne and I are going to be there 22nd through the 25th of April. That's important to say the month. <laughs> We're going to be at Helium. And then I'm uh, headlining solo. Philadelphia Helium Comedy Club in Philadelphia April 29th through May 1st and then Corinne and I are back on the road in Kansas City Missouri didn't know that city was in Missouri if I was gonna guess I'd say it's in Kansas but I remember that I got made fun of in fucking fifth grade because some bitch whose dad was probably bullied or her or something called me an idiot for not knowing that for saying that Kansas City was in Kansas I'll never forget that shit huh I'll remember that for the rest of my goddamn life Ashley May 14th through the 15th, Corinne and I are at Kansas City Improv. <laughs> oh, you gotta get through this. I just love when it's the warm weather. Uh, I love when it's warm out. And if you guys, I, that's why I kind of like living. I do like living, kind of. I like living in a in a place with seasons. And I when the winter is really shitty, I kind of like it. Because I'm like, ooh, this sucks. Let's be sad. You know, let's ooh, it's cold and I'm depressed and it gets darker earlier. Let's just rev up this sadness and fucking feel it. Because then by the time spring comes along, you're ready, man. You're fucking ready. I was thinking about I want to I never got to experience the way 1950s movie stars talked. You know, when you watch a movie that that was like in the 40s or 50s and they're like, Richard, won't you get the door? Or wait, is that how they talk? Wait, hold on. Richard, Richard, what are you doing? You know, like a Kristen Wiig sketch, I guess. I just, I, I really missed out on the uh, being born during a time where I could talk like that. But honestly, I'm so glad that this cell phone side about to be born now. So good job. <laughs> I'm running into this thing lately with, I, I think everyone's just given up. <laughs> not to the point where they're killing themselves. Thank God. Congrats on not killing yourselves, guys. Don't do it. You're here to learn and grow. And oh, spoiler alert, death isn't even real. Only a physical body. And then you're going to make everybody's lives around you miserable if you kill yourself because you're more loved than you know. But you already knew that. But I th- a lot of people have just kind of given up. 
just people that work in the grocery store or like CVS, like the places that I frequent to shop. The three places this past week, I've gone up to a person who works there and I make sure that they work there. If you don't got a name tag on, I'm not asking you where a product is. That's how that works. Three times this past week or two, this has happened to me. I've gone up to an employee of the store, like a Bed Bath & Beyond or whatever, and (laughs) I ask if they carry a specific thing and they just go, I don't know. And then there's just this awkward beat and I'm like, well, well, can, can can you check or you're not you're not gonna check? Okay, I'll just look for it for a little bit. It's okay, I'm fine. Uh... All right, guys. Hey, let's do some fuckboy theater. Let's just do it. Let's get the rip the bandaid off. Rip it off. Rip it off. We're going to do some fuckboy theater bio edition. If you have atrocious screenshots of people's bios or conversations that you have with a person on a dating app, please DM them to me on Instagram or email them to me. The voices in our heads podcast at gmail.com. Oh, P.S. I'm probably going to get a food delivery during this interview, but um, just deal with it. Okay. All right. Fuckboy theater. idiots this is a guy's bio okay it's the first thing he wants you to know about him before you start talking it's the thing that he presents to you to see if you're gonna swipe right or left okay this is his first impression works in construction celibate till marriage so sorry <clears throat> but no I can't be your guy friend who occasionally helps you reach orgasms when you're in the mood for him just joking. I'm trying to chill. Vibe, have a good time, and fuck. LOL. This is on his bio, if you forgot that part. Limited small talk, please. Save something to talk about in person. If we fall in love, so be it. I do want a big wedding one day, so who's going to help me plan it? Okay, good luck, boo-boo. Good luck. Oh, God. I gotta get through this. Okay, this is a this is a guy's bio. Again, it's the first thing he would like you to know about him. Occupation says he's a schoolmaster. Don't believe that. The profile picture is a hot chick holding a fish. But isn't he supposed to be a guy? Well, we'll see. Let's read his bio. His name is Bath. And he's 30 fucking seven. Lives in Burbank. Uh, okay, what is his bio? A lot of people tell me I'm a catch. (laughs) Someone's got puns. I don't like to brag, but many try to hook up with me. Few have succeeded and none have taken me to dinner. I've been told more than once that I'm the type you'd want to mount in the living room near the fireplace. I promise I'm not a catfish. The girl in the photos is my sister. Yeah, just waste our time. That's why we're on here. You know, I'm on here to waste time getting wrapped up in a fantasy. I don't need jokes, bitch. Guys, thank you so much. That's Fuckboy Theater. I really appreciate all of your support. 
I did go to Marymount Manhattan, and I got a BFA in acting. That's not a lie. That's the truth. Well, it, it is kind of a lie because I gra- didn't graduate because I was two credits short. But suck my dick, Marymount. I did learn a lot. But your credits is expensive. So I do not wish to complete it, but I'm going to say I graduated because I am. All right. I'm supposed to put a natural pause in here for a commercial break. 11.50. I'm writing down the time. But if you don't hear a commercial, that means I didn't sell a commercial. So <laughs> trying to do ads, y'all, because I'm trying to make that money, honey, because I'm trying to buy my apartment building and turn it into an immersive theater experience. Okay? So let's do that and I'll get along. Hey, speaking of get along, getting along, and not being an asshole, first of all, you shouldn't be racist to anybody because you stupid piece of shit if you're racist. I do believe that. I really do believe that. If you're racist, you're a stupid piece of shit. Stop being a stupid piece of shit. Fucking goddamn. We got to talk about racism more often, huh? All the time we should talk about it because people experience it. And if you don't, that's why privilege. Or, I don't know. But this it's going on a lot. The number of anti-Asian hate crimes has increased between the years 2019 and 2020, I'm looking at a graph. Okay, I'm looking at a graph that I got from a website in New York City. Anti-Asian hate crimes are up 833%. Hey, you fucking idiots. Just because we had an idiot president who called it the China virus does not mean that you should be racist towards people you perceive to be Chinese. Guess what? I'm willing to bet you can't tell between North Korean, South Korean, Chinese, and Japanese. Can you? No, you can't, because you're an idiot. Stop being racist, okay? Can we not be racist? Guys, we gotta look out for each other. If you see someone on the street being racist, fucking say something. Can you say something? Especially if you're a whitey. If you're a whitey, you, part of your privilege is you have to fucking say something. God damn. And I, I see all these. I had to stop following these fucking accounts on Instagram that was like, Karen calls the cops on a young black boy for selling a bottles of water at a marathon. Like that shit. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, Karen. I want to punch you in the face. But also part of me, like, I can't watch them online because I'm like, I need to see this in real life. I need to see it happen in real life so I can stand there. And get real close to Karen's face and make her think that I'm on her side. And then I push her into the road and she gets run over by runners and joggers, not cars. I don't want her to die. I'm not going to put you. You can't push people. That's violence. But I can't watch them online because I'm like, okay, okay. Everyone's a piece of shit. I'm really pissed. It's very disheartening. But I have seen them in New York. I have seen people be just racist as hell. That was fucking walking home from the post office one day. God damn. And this woman, this old woman carrying a bag of groceries is yelling at these two young black teenagers, these two girls. And I just, I'm like, this bitch is being racist. And I walk past and I was like, what's happening? And they look at me, the girls look at me and like, this bitch is trying to tell us that we stole a bag of popcorn out of her grocery bag? And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, yo, lady, hey, hey, why are you so mad? They stole my popcorn. They don't want your popcorn. You're being racist, okay? Stop. 
And then she goes, they don't belong in this neighborhood. And I'm like, oh, okay. Why don't you go explain to me what that means? And then she said, I'm going to call the cops. And I go, oh, call the cops, bitch. Fucking call the cops. And I told the girls, I'm like, you guys go away. I'll stay here. I don't give a shit. You go. God damn it. Stop. Don't be racist. God, it is such an anti-human being and if you let it slide, if you see it and you don't say anything, fuck you, dude. You got to say something. We all, look, we're all gonna, we're all here. We all want to be loved. Everyone on this planet just wants to be loved and wants to experience joy and wants to achieve their goals. Okay. There ain't room for racism in that. Racism is the antithesis of, of human, humanness. You fucking idiots. I'm talking about all this stuff that I say about childhood trauma. Can you fucking imagine if you are listening and you have not experienced this before? Can you fucking imagine getting side-eyed and getting followed when you walk into a store because you think the, so the fucking security guard thinks you're going to steal something every time you walk into a store? Or some asshole pushing you into the fucking street because they think you started coronavirus because they're a fucking idiot? We just, we got to look out for each other, Okay. We gotta look out for each other. Us, this whole us versus them thing of of any kind. Whenever anyone's like us versus them, that's 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 violent language. And if you really think about it, because that's planting a little seed that's gonna grow a tree that's filled with fucking fear. And when people are scared, they act like pieces of shit. Okay, none of us are immune from that. None of us. Ugh. That reminds me. <sighs> you know, I was, I, I'm sure I'm, I act like a bitch and I don't, and it goes over my head. I'm sure that happens because I'm sure that, that happens to everybody, right? However, when I catch myself being a bitch to a friend, oh God, I feel so bad. And there's two, there's one time I remember, I'll never forget this, it stuck with me forever, when I was going to Marymount Manhattan College, majoring in acting, got my BFA, thank you so much, got my BFA, uh, anyway, so my first year there, um, the acting classes are really intense, I which I love, and we're, you know, so it's a, the, our class size was maybe, I don't know, like 12, which is great, and our, our acting class, like our, that was what it was called, acting class, we had Ellen. That was a professor. That was our professor. She was my first acting class teacher. She was fucking great. We have the same birthday. But there's a kid. There's a bunch of, you know, students in my class. There's 12 of us. And we would have to do these exercises and workshops and study. Like, we'd have to meet after class to work on either a scene or a monologue or doing these, like, warm-up exercises together. And I remember one time we were, our class met at night on a on an off day to work on our t- our fucking professor made us do a wall sit until we cried and then was like this is this is life you guys see that's this is theater and i i get what she mean i'm not explaining it right but um she would basically make us do a monologue after we've doing a wall sit for about a minute then we start with the monologue so we, you basically are doing a monologue while you're in a lot of physical pain a wall sit is when you your your back is against the wall and you slide it down so it's kind of like you're a little doing a squat but your back is upright against the wall. It kills your thighs. In like the best way and your ass looks so juicy, but it was hard. 
And so one of the things we had to do in between classes was meet with each other. And and this kid, there was a kid in my class named Chip. Okay, nice guy. Such a sweet guy. I, that was the year that my mom had moved me in. Yeah, oof, that, was a, that was a tough year for me. But I didn't know. Oh, God, that was a bad year. I didn't understand that anything in my life that's happened to me up until that point was bad. I just thought I was an idiot for being upset about it or like a loser. For like just I just try to tough love myself out of feeling um, any sort of emotion towards anything bad that had happened to me in my childhood. And, and things had happened kind of recently that year. So I didn't realize that I was a walking time bomb. And we were doing this exercise, this fucking wall sit with a monologue, whatever. And the cla- all the classmates were all being supportive of each other. You know, we're all in New York City for the first time. We're fucking scared shitless, mostly. We're scared of our professor. We don't know what we're doing. And it was a bonding experience. But I remember Chip, my classmate, said something encouraging to me or something. I don't think it... He didn't say anything rude. He wasn't a rude person. And I was doing this thing. And I just remember going, shut the fuck up, Chip. And everyone got really quiet because I just couldn't take any noise, more noise in my head because I had all these voices and just fucking reliving things. I don't want to relive and having to um, revert my focus. And it was terrible. And so I lashed out on this guy and I just said, shut the fuck up, Chip. And it was just mean. The way I said it was nasty. And I'll never forget that. And then I went to apologize to him. And I was like, I'm sorry. Like, I was even meaner. And I'm like, girl, you just got to stop talking for a while and figure out what's wrong with you. I didn't even get to that 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 stage of my uh, deep dive into myself until like a year later, honestly. But I'll never forget. I was such a bitch to that kid. And I feel so bad about it. I gave him a terrible apology. So anyway, this past weekend, a bunch of my friends were meeting up to do a photo shoot for my one friend's um, new line of merch that she has coming out. And I had it set in my mind. I'm going through a lot with my parents. I just, you know, you you ebb and flow with my inner peace ebbs and flows. I, I think it's like that for a lot of people. And fucking, I just, I was getting, I got bad health news with a family member that really whew, it was a lot it was bad and it's and it and I didn't know I didn't want to deal with it yet so I had it in my head I was going to go to my friend she flew in rented a hotel or rented a hotel got a hotel room and all my other girlfriends were going to go to her hotel room and do this merch shoot with her and she invited me and I was like yes I'm going to go to my friend's hotel room I haven't seen her in a while and I'm going to be surrounded by all my friends and I'm just going to forget about everything and have fun with my girls I had was dead set on it and I was like I desperately need this hang because I need to not pay attention to the news I just heard so just just give me a day and I'll pretend it doesn't exist and then I'll face it. Do you know what I mean? So that morning, <laughs> my friend who flew in here tells me that because of COVID, you can only have four people in the hotel room other, and they're being really strict and they'll kick you out otherwise, which is fair. I was the fifth person. I was not in any way helping with this photo shoot. And then I, t- I picked one of the other per- people that were friend that were helping with the photo shoot that made the stuff. And I was like, well, I'm just going to have her switch out with me. And I texted her and I was being such a goddamn princess twat. I was being such a bitch. 
oh my god i was like you know, well we're just gonna switch out okay because i don't and then she's like well okay okay i mean i was gonna help with the shoot i'm like well you don't need to okay i'm just being a bitch making this about me and i really ran with it and then I pulled back the reins and I cried when I tell you that day that I was supposed to go over and hang with them in the afternoon at the hotel. I was being a little cunt twat. And then I realized, Christina, you know, this you you are not involved in the making of this merch. Everyone else in the room that's going to be in that room, all those four people, one of them selling the merch, one of them made the merch, one of them's doing makeup and one of them's doing photos. And you are not involved in that. And I felt like I got real internal and real felt sorry for myself. And I was like, wow, Christina, this, everyone just leaves you, huh? Because you suck and no one wants to hang out with you and no one wants to switch with you because you just deserve to be sad, maybe. And just, dude, I was being such a cunt to myself in my head. Such a gun, and I was, and I was, and I was, and I was mad at this girl that is a friend of mine, taking it out on her because I didn't want to face my damn feelings. Now is that healthy and good? No, no, no. Correct. Yeah. Okay, I said correct. So I was bitched her, and then, but then once I just faced faced it, and I was like, Christy, you can't. You're not going to go to the shoot. I had two shows later that night. Thank God they were live shows at a comedy club, which hasn't happened in a while. So I <laughs> shut off all the lights in my apartment. It was This was like, you know, 2 p.m. in the afternoon. I shut off all the lights. I closed the shades so that no lights could come in. I, cr- I scream cried. I went up in my loft with no lights, and I just sat there and cried like a baby. I, I don't know if you guys... I hope you have had the opportunity to sob... Like this, like comically um, toddler-esque, because it honestly, it fucking, it's a nice release. But I was doing one of those cries where I was like, (laughs) I was so sad. And then I, I did that for like four hours, right? And then I came out of it and I was like, well, I go do these shows. (laughs) and then i did the shows oh man you guys when i say i killed it whoo that first show i felt like i fucked i got fucked up the up the vagina not the butt in the best way with a man that i love who has a perfect dick like that was how good the set was and i was like well i fucking certainly needed that now didn't i and then the next day i felt so guilty about being a bitch to my friend And then I realized, oh, Christina, wait a second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. You get new tools in your tool chest, right? So instead of feeling guilty all day and getting down on yourself, you could use your words and apologize. What a thought. What a what in the fuck is that? Is that some healthy, healthy adulting I sense? Yes, it is. Spring has sprung, motherfuckers, in the air and in my heart. I'm using my words. I'm taking I'm taking responsibility for my actions. I'm not proud of it. But I'm facing it. So if I can do it, you can too. Does anything does any of what I just said make sense? I don't know. I'm on such a high. Because I rollerbladed 
and there was a lot of cute guys and so many people yelled babes on blades to me when i rollerbladed i was like you guys i'm like the, the bell of the bowl here this is really nice thank you yeah so apologize when you fuck up okay i'm serious if you're if you're an asshole i mean if you don't feel guilty about it then that's a bigger problem but if you do go oh i can remedy this i'm gonna apologize and i'm gonna use my words and i'm gonna think about what i'm gonna say because it's important to me to not make the people in my life feel like shit or contribute to any negative feelings if i can help it okay now, if you're just jealous of this ass and that makes you sad, well, girl, I can't help that. You just got to get out there and you got to do squats, okay? Can't help all y'all. <laughs> I'm, 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 I feel, I'm so happy that I feel drunk. I love that. It's way better than actually being drunk. Oh, God. And another thing I've noticed that I'm doing is I'm not manically cleaning to avoid my feelings. I'm so used to cleaning to shove down the sads or any feeling that makes me even the slightest bit uncomfortable. Ooh, I got to finish answering all my emails. Maybe I should organize that utensil drawer. It's been a while, huh? Maybe I should go to the containerstore.com and see if they have a new utensil organizing tray or something. Ooh, I need to start that book proposal. I promised my manager that I'd finish and return turn in a year ago. You know what? I'm going to clean those hallway closets. Maybe I can put the coats in one closet and then the dresses in another. I mean, I just turned to organizing. The thing is, though, I do feel better after I do it. So what the fuck? But then I feel guilty because I didn't do any of the things that I had to do. <laughs> I got to get through this. I got to get through this. I do wish like. um I don't know if anybody else experiences this but when I meet a person no matter what the relationship is professional anything just friends whatever if I meet you and then I'm like oh hi cool and then I learn eventually that you're an asshole I'm gonna I'm gonna hate you and be mad at me but but if I meet you but if excuse me if before I meet you Someone gives me a heads up. Oh, hey, that person who works this club or whatever, they're a prick, right? They're a fucking asshole. If I get a heads up that you're a prick, we're probably going to be best friends. What the fuck is that, right? I don't know if anybody else is experiences as this too, but I could not tell you how night and day it is for me to get a heads up that a person's a piece of shit. Now, it depends on the nature of their shittiness, of course. If you're racist, I'm not going to be friends with you. If you're sexist piece of shit, not going to be friends with you. If you're homophobic, you can go fuck yourself up the butt. Not going to be friends with you. Like those certain things, I'm like, yeah, I don't want that in my life. Oh, that's my food, y'all. Give me one second. Wait, I, I hope I remember where I left off. I probably will. I probably, even if I don't, just give me a second. Lunch for me. Ooh, Brussels sprouts. Smells like some poops. Okay. Sorry about that. I'm not gonna have my get it out because this is what happens when people stop being polite and start going around. 
Oh, yeah. So if I have a heads up that a person's like kind of shitty or like has an attitude or whatever, I almost like them more. I don't know. I just I enjoy complicated people. And it's so it's so interesting that when I don't have a heads up on somebody and I learn that thing about them, I feel like betrayed. I feel tricked. I feel like, how could you? But like there's one like owner of a comedy club that I remember a bunch of comics were like, yeah, that guy's an asshole. And I'm like, Meh, I'll probably get along with him. And I did. And we get along. What the fuck is that? I wish I could get a heads up about everyone. Wouldn't that be cool? Then I'd be psychic. But I am psychic. And so are you. We just haven't tapped into it yet. <laughs> what else? What else? What else? I got a bunch of emails I'm going to read. Y'all be experiencing some magic. Oh, I experienced a little bit of magic. Do you want to hear about it? Well, good, because I will tell you about it. I am a member of the Soho House. I'm a member of the Soho Yes, you can make fun of me. I don't care. I've always wanted to be a member there because I like being accepted. And that's a... You have to get recommended for that club. It's probably not that hard. If you want me to recommend you and you want to be a member, just fucking email me and I will. I don't care. I think everybody should have a chance to go to the Soho House. They have three locations in Manhattan. And I've been going there a lot because the views are gorgeous. And it's a great place to work. And I look at their events every once in a while when I'm on their app. And I saw that there was Psychic coming to the Dumbo House on Monday to give Psychic greetings. And I was like... Woohoo! I'm gonna reserve a space for I'm gonna reserve. And I did. I got on the guest list and I was like, well, god damn it, y'all. I'm about to have somebody tell me that I'm gonna be rich and famous and my career is gonna explode and I'm gonna find love and I'm gonna have all these homes all across the world and I'm gonna travel and I'm gonna go snowboarding. Yay, I can't wait. So I went to the I went to Dumbo, Corinne and I recorded Guys Who Fuck yesterday. And I and I hopped in the car and I was like, I feel this like pull to like be here. <laughs> so full of shit I'm just like I just like I'm, She's gonna tell me something like crazy I just like feel it I felt a pull to go there And I got there And I was second in lo- Like she, the lady said Oh you're number two So you'll be the second person That she reads And I'm like Oh fuck yeah Don't have to wait Love that Hate waiting so I'm waiting and I'm waiting. I'm like, she's just going to tell me that like, I'm going to be like on the, I'm going to like win an Oscar and I'm going to, I'm going to be like a triple threat with a Grammy and i fuck it. Like I just, I was like, I'm about to be told that I'm the princess of the world and that I'm very special and that I'm going to be a movie star. And then we, I get there, I get to the table and she's all right. I'm like, uh, I, you know, I do have high expectations of everything like I think everything's going to be this like magical adventure um that'll send me down a a, a rabbit hole but that's not the case with life all the time turns out so she was fine she just I didn't really seem connected to her I didn't really seem like we but uh I don't know how she works she had a talisman which is um like a piece of I don't know look like a piece of gold or like a diamond uh, hanging on a singular chain like a necklace type of chain and she was using tarot cards and she said she was it said on the bio in the app that she was a medium so I was like oh and I and I was like if any of my passed away loved ones even though death isn't real and you're here with me always if you want to communicate something to me you know do it through her because I'm not a medium I could be if I tried and so could you but I got a lot of other stuff to do so 
I was like, you know, any of my passed away loved ones, like, say something to me through her. Right? I said a little meditation in the bathroom. Very nice bathrooms at Soho House. They have hand soap and lotion. Smells like you're wearing a diamond bracelet. And I, I really want to steal a bottle. But I don't because I'm a good person. So, yeah, she, um, she said... She said to me, I did, re- I did record it. Um, she just, I, I just, eh, she didn't say anything that interesting. She said, I, I need to run by the water. And I was like, well, I rollerblade. And then she was like, oh, is your mom, I, I sent two grandmothers here. And I didn't want to get, you know, I'm still skeptical. You know, and just because you make an appointment with a psychic, number one, doesn't mean they're psychic. Number two, doesn't mean it's going to be a magical life-changing experience at all. Number three, if they ask you to spend $400 to clear your aura, don't fall for it like I did because I still owe that Murray Hill psychic a lot of money because she told me that she would do that and that was going to make my life better. And I was like, okay, can you do it? But I don't. And I did not have that much money in my bank account. So and I just ran away from it and I just pretended that I didn't promise it. And then I just was waiting for a bowling ball to drop on my head because I fucked a psychic over. But yeah, she said to me, what did she say? I think I wrote some stuff down. I wrote down unremarkable. Um, Oh yeah, run by a body of water. There's two grandmother figures uh, that are coming through. The other thing, one thing she said, which I kind of thought was funny. She's like, honestly, you're good. Like, you're fine. You're, and she goes, and she told me, she's like, in the next 18 months, like, you are going to be a household name. And I'm like, but like, cool. That was cool. That was fun. That was nice to learn. Um, she was gonna be a household name that I needed to run more by the water, and that two grandmother figures, and I and she said one of them dressed basic, and I was like, Ugh. and I I did give her information. I wish I didn't do this, but I just wanted her to be psychic, more psychic, I guess. So I just fed her info for her to regurgitate back to me. <laughs> Rose colored glasses, baby. I I said, you know, my mom is adopted, so she's like, oh, was her biological mom? forgive me for this like kind of trashy and I was like oh yeah she ate muskrat soup but look if 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 you anybody would guess that if a woman had a baby and put it up for adoption the odds of her being a little white trash pretty high so I wasn't like whoa you know and then she said the other grandmother uh who uh, she said the other grandmother the one who adopted your mom she didn't have a lot of time with you and I was like that's true she died when I was uh, five um, and she said she she loves you and whatever some some vague stuff and I was like okay and that grandmother was named Gladys um, who adopted my mom and uh, she was a lovely lady uh, I remember her being just very she like wore like fur coats and that kind of her and her my grandpa who I love um lived in new jersey and they would like go to the casinos but like dress up and fucking they had they did have a lot of uh trump (laughs) trump glasses and towels because they went to that casino a lot um and so i always grew up with that stuff around me and i you know i didn't know what a turd he was but uh yeah so that i was like okay that's interesting she didn't say anything that i was like oh they're here because the laura lynn jackson books um both of them highly recommend if you're into audible she narrates them she has such a great voice the laurel and jackson book she'll tell stories about her having sessions with clients she'll change the name but she'll keep the details and the the passed away loved ones will say things that are very very specific to for laura to relay 
And you see, I mean, in, in Surviving Death, too, you see the look on their face. They're like, holy fuck. And, you know, and you hear some of these stories and you're like, Jesus Christ. Literally, Jesus Christ. So this there was nothing told to me that was, you know, uh, whoa moment at all. But that's OK. You know, take everything with a grain of salt. And also not everything's going to be a magical adventure. And that's something that I'm still trying to accept. And that's OK. So I was rollerblading today and I was feeling great. I didn't smoke weed because I was like, I want to be so fucking present for every second of this glorious rollerblading on the 61 degree spring New York day. Oh, it was wonderful. Just beautiful. And I rollerbladed up to the East River Amphitheater. And I sat, I do this, I like go hard. I sprint on these rollerblades up until I get to the amphitheater. And then I rest. That's the first time I rest. It's about like a mile mile out and I rest at the top this top part that I always rest at and and as I was sitting there drinking some water had an espresso iced espresso uh had my my earbuds in and a woman approaches me to my left and I I don't know how to explain this other than I just felt like I knew her and and I immediately we looked at each other and she she like rolled up to me she was riding this electric bike she rolled up as if she was coming to meet me that's what it felt like I was like oh that's interesting uh it was like the Lower East Side and she I I immediately took my headphones off and we just started talking she sat on the bench uh about five feet away which was good because COVID we were outside though um and we just started talking and she's like oh I've lived here uh you know I was born and raised here she um she I don't know how old she was she was probably a lot older than she looked because she just had this great vibe to her. She's born and raised in the Lower East Side. Uh, she used to clean. She was uh, cleaning uh, at the World Trade Center, the Twin Towers. She used to clean. She saw the uh, two World Trade uh, Towers go up. And she was a cleaning lady there. And then she saw them go down. Obviously, wasn't in them because she's alive today. But uh, she she just had all, and I'm like yo you have fucking stories and she was telling me she misses her children and her grandchildren she's uh Spanish she's Irish and she's Italian and she has a lot of kids they moved one moved to Texas one moved somewhere else and she misses her kids she misses her grandkids and she was going through a breakup and she's just tell we're just talking talking about our lives and she, and then I go uh what's your name I'm like, and oh, she gives me her phone number. She's like, call me. I just broke up with my girlfriend. She's like, I just broke up with my lover, and I'm so sad. She called her her lover. I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Um, she's like, really sad. You know, I was really close with her child, and I miss her. You know, I'm just trying to keep my mind, you know, going and all that stuff. So I, she gave me her phone number, and I was like, what's your name? And she was like, it's Gladys. And I was like, well, goddamn motherfucker. Hello, Gladys. We're going to be close friends. So I was telling her I'm a comic. And she's like, oh, we got to do shows at this amphitheater. Um, my friend Lisa is the DJ. And I was like, I've met her before. I rollerbladed past her last spring because I was like, oh, she probably knows how to get permits. And she did. And I got her number. So I'm like, that's so I mean, it's the same name as my grandma. And I was like, well, that's well, that's a nice, nice one, mom or grandma. Oh, mom, I'm triggered. Just kidding. I just thought that I was like, oh, that's, that's, wow, huh. I don't hear the name Gladys very often. Okay, let's, uh, let's read three emails and then we'll call it a wrap and then, uh, oh, maybe more than that. Shit, this one's long, but it's really good. Uh, let's read some emails. Let's read some emails from you guys and your magical experiences because you have them and wow, 
please keep emailing me. I'm not going to judge you. And if you don't want me to say your name, I won't say it. Like I don't, your, your identity is not important here. What's important here is your story. So the voice in our heads podcast at gmail.com. Oh, I got the hiccups because I haven't eaten all day. Um, okay. The subject line of this email, premonition dream slash waking visits. Don't say my name. Okay, I won't. I recently discovered your podcast and the timing couldn't be more perfect. I lost a few people in January. I'm so sorry. And a few more passed in my immediate circle and it started to feel like I needed to search for some answers about life and what could really possibly be going on here. I too watched the death series on Netflix and went down the same beautiful rabbit hole you have been helping your listeners explore. Oh, it's so nice. You often make me cackle and tear up in the same episode and I just have to say thank you for screaming into the void and making me feel less alone and more understood I've got some voices in my head for sure I think it's part of what makes us all human yeah sometimes it sucks and sometimes it doesn't god I should be a singer songwriter move over Taylor Swift there's a new bitch in town I have a few tingle inducing stories that you might enjoy I was raised in a very atheist only logic-based family with a bipolar alcoholic abuse from a parent cough cough broken heart emoji so trusting intuition and signs is something that is very vulnerable thing for me however i realize now that signs have been blatant my whole life and they are if you just pay attention the first real visit from somebody in the great beyond was from my nana she passed away when i was 17 and i i had always and she had always adored me and advocated for me when she came to visit she was a very strong personality, and I think she saw lots of herself in me. Years prior, she had purchased some canisters for our family to sit on the counter. The largest one was filled with flour, the middle one with sugar, and the smallest one with tea. My family, including her, is from England, so tea is a big thing for us. It is a big thing for you guys, and honestly, the tea is better there. I don't know what the fuck y'all do to it. After she passed away one night, I was working on homework late at night. I went into the kitchen before going to bed and noticed that the tea canister was all the way forward on the edge of the counter. I didn't think much of it and pushed it back against the wall where it belonged next to the other two canisters. The next morning, my mom asked me if I had tea the night before because when she came downstairs, the tea canister was pulled all the way forward. I said no, but told her that I had noticed that too and specifically pushed it so back into its place the night before this kind of creeped us out but we thought it must be a weird coincidence there's no coincidences houston over i repeat are there coincidences no so the next night i was doing my homework and walked through the kitchen all of the canisters were in the proper place up against the wall but i touched the tea one to really make sure it was pushed up against the wall for my own anxiety i was the only one awake and 10 minutes later came into the kitchen to find the tea canister on the very edge of the counter again this continued every night for an entire week Oh, that's so cool. One night, my parents both woke up to what they described as a lightning and a huge crack of energy in their bedroom. No storms or anything. And the next morning, the canister was moved yet again. It seemed to be intensifying, like notice me vibes. Damn, that means your grandma was is a very powerful, powerful soul. Because um, that's very impressive. After a while, this started to be very unnerving. And so on Halloween, we asked Nana out loud to maybe just save it for special occasions like birthdays or anniversaries. <laughs> Sadly, the canister thing never happened again. Oh, 
Oh, you know what, though? That's one of the things Laurel and Jackson said. They don't want to scare you. If a spirit senses that they're scaring you, they don't, they'll stop, which, yeah, this is something I read in one of her books. Just throw it out there. But I did always feel like she was with me as a protector or something with a sense of deep knowing. I decided that she and I should have our own symbol. And one night was driving and asked her out loud what it should be. As I drove along in the neighborhood, the streetlight that I passed went out. The next one, then a third. I slowed down the car to change my pacing and, may, and to make sure it wasn't just a weird electrical thing and said to her, is this our sign now? I looked up at the fourth streetlight and it went out. Ooh! And I looked at the fifth streetlight and as I looked at it, it went out too. God damn, your grandma's a powerful. Ooh. For the rest of my life since then, if I'm absent-mindedly driving, she will pop into my mind strongly and I will look at the nearest streetlight and it goes out every time. Holy shit, that's so cool. I have kind of forgotten to call her on her or be open to her presence in recent times. And I'm so glad that listening to all of these stories made me realize that I need to reach out to her via these streetlights more often. Yay, that makes me so happy. The other wild thing that has happened in my life is premonition dreams. Ooh, let's get into that. Spooky. For the sake of time, I'll give you one recent example. I am a musician and had a music business partner turned lover for a few years. Ooh, fun. I would love a lover. We were best, best friends, but I ended up loving him more than he loved me. And our relationship kind of exploded. And I lost my person and all my money via canceled gigs in one swoop. Oh, that stinks. Warning, don't do the unrequited love thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the unrequited love sucks dicks, y'all. Not in a good way. As you can imagine, I was very close with his family, especially after his father, who he lived with. Uh, who we lived with and when we stopped knowing each other it was heartbreaking to lose all of them too a few years later we had not recently been in contact I had a dream that my old bandmate was frantically searching for me in a hospital it was a mess of up and down elevators and jogging all around with this deep knowing that he was looking for me the dream ended when we finally found each other on the first floor of the hospital he looked at me knowingly and we just hugged so tightly like we used to. And he started to cry. Then I woke up. I rolled over. And in real life, I had a text from him telling me that his dad had a massive heart attack. Oh, wow. And was fighting for his life in the hospital. This led to us reconnecting a bit and talking for uh, the week that his dad was in the hospital. Sadly, his father did pass away and we got to talk about our entire situation. And he told me how much his dad loved me and believed in me, which was so healing because I thought of his dad like a father and have my own daddy issues. Cough, cough. Oh, anytime that I open myself up to signs, I get them. Oh, I'm going to cry. I hope that people can start to explore the idea that there is a little something more going on here in our human experience, because I think it will help everyone to lessen overall suffering, hatred, political bullshit, etc. Like racism, too. Yes, like racism, too. Good. And just enjoy this beautiful world we have as we lift each other up and enjoying growing, learning and laughing at the absurdity of it all. Oh, my God. I love you. Thank you for your candidness with us and opportunity to share this. I resonate with you so hard. Same age, similar struggles and upbringing. And I think you're amazing. Thank you so much. Much love to you. Hopeful visions, girl. Oh, hopeful visions, girl. Thank you. Uh, That was the beautiful one, y'all. You guys are great writers. Let's keep going. 
This subject line is supernatural story. Okay, don't you love these? I fucking love these stories. Never stop sending them. And I'm gonna be start starting next week. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be reading an excerpt from uh, Brian Weiss book. It's gonna blow your goddamn mind. But keep sending me these stories if you have them. Okay, supernatural story. Hi, Christine. I've been meaning to write you since I heard your episode requesting spirit stories, but I've only just now come uh, found the time. Uh, this comes with the trigger warning of suicide. Okay, so heads up. Seven years ago, when I was 15, my best friend's stepfather committed suicide. I'd only met him once and exchanged quick greetings. And even now, uh, no, I can't really remember what he looks like. It had been a few weeks maybe a month or two after he passed, when my best friend and I were at a sleepover with several of our other friends. Her stepdad's name was Nathan. And all of a sudden, I felt him walk into the room. Oh, fuck. Girl, you psychic as hell. You medium. I just got major goosebumps as I wrote that sentence. Ooh. Ooh, girl, me too. At first, I didn't really understand what was happening. I felt like he was inside me, as weird as that sounds. I felt like I was him. He slash I, oh, that's freaky. He slash I went out onto the balcony for some space because I was very confused and overwhelmed and didn't want the other girls to see me acting strange. I was crying, hyperventilating, and shaking on the balcony, and I vividly remember him facing me, holding my shoulders, shaking me, saying, do it, Nathan. Fucking do it, you pussy. Holy shit. Repeatedly and aggressively. Fuck. In that moment, I realized I was reliving his last moments with him. Woof! Nobody had told me how he did it, but he showed me in these moments. I was him, sat in his car in the garage, revving the engine as I yelled back and forth with myself, talking myself in and out of it. Do it. Don't do it. Do it. Don't do it, etc. I was there feeling what he felt, his pain as he committed and intense doesn't even begin to describe it. Whoo! Fucking shit, dude. He asked me to go downstairs and write. So I asked my friend if I could use her room. Oh, girl, you are a medium. This is a gift, girl. So I asked my friend if I could use her room. When I sat down to write, I was him. I was crying, but it wasn't my tears. I wasn't writing, but it wasn't my... Uh, I was writing, but it wasn't my words. Before I knew it, I had written several pages. The whole time, Nathan was my internal dialogue. He was writing the letter. Oh, fuck. Was he writing a suicide letter through you? Holy shit. As soon as it was over, I heard him say, quote, don't show uh, this person. I don't want to say the name because it's a unique name. Uh, who was his stepdaughter. Okay, so don't show this person. And then, just like that, he was gone. I was really confused. I didn't know what to do with the letter or the experience that I just had. Before he left, he told me and showed me how hard it was for him to see his children, uh, this girl and her mom, suffering over his death. Oh, that's right, because they don't want you to grieve. Every Laurel and Jackson story they tell she she talks about, writes about, they're always like, don't cry. It's fine. It's all okay. There's no reason to cry, which, you know, when you're a human being on this planet, the idea of death is sad. A loved one, a loved one dying when you don't know yet that it's not real is sad. And it's probably even when you do know it's not real, it's got to be sad. All right, back to this fucking email. He was still there. And he was still in so much pain. He, he hated himself for what he did and how he made his loved ones feel from his passing. He was still suffering. He showed me that suicide doesn't take the pain away. He still felt it even after passing. 
I went back upstairs and asked this girl if she'd talk to me for a second. And I said, I don't know how to tell you this, but Nathan was just here and he wanted me to tell you it's not your fault. She broke down and said she had felt that he was still around and told me that the last time they spoke before he passed, she had said some things she wished she hadn't. Oh, fuck. I hugged her and we cried and cried and cried. I lost contact with this girl over the years, but I still have the letter because I believe one day I am meant to give it to her. I spent a long time wondering, why me? Why did that happen? What was I meant to learn? I realized years later that he came to me for for this girl, but also for me. I had made several attempts on my life in the 18 months prior, and I think Nathan was trying to show me that it won't take the pain away. Suicide isn't the answer and never will be. Woo! Well, didn't expect this tears, y'all. Although I still have suicidal thoughts occasionally, I know uh, occasionally I know that that I uh, I know that I experience changed my course. That experience changed my course. Sorry, how am I wrong? I never again try to take my own life, and I don't think I ever will. I never heard from Nathan again, and I hope he found. Uh, a way to soften his pain, but I'm very grateful I had uh, I've had the experience. Phew, goosebumps on goosebumps. Writing that, but I only wanted to share. Okay, girl, thank you. That is insane. I want to know what that letter said, but I understand you should keep that. You keep that. I mean, you don't have to. If you didn't want to keep it private, I would read it, but it's okay if you want to keep it private. Totally cool. But I want to know what that letter said. That's wild. Hey, just a quick note. Suicidal thoughts are common. I just wanted to say that to everybody. Like that time where I was being mean to my friend because I couldn't go to the photo shoot because of the COVID rule because of the hotel and I was in my loft crying after I drew all the blinds and shades and I was like, no light is allowed to come in here because I don't deserve it. You know, when you get in that zone where every single thought in your head is fucking negative as fuck, you bully yourself. So when I was there uh, Saturday, I was like, please just kill me. Please kill me. I just want to die. You know, I get in these places where I'm like a lazy suicidal person where I'm like, I'm not going to do it. But I wish someone would kill me. Do you know what I'm saying? I tried to do a bit about that on stage once and everyone was like, that's too sad. We didn't come here to cry. And I was like, that's fair. But. Uh, I think when people get suicidal thoughts, they go, oh, my God, is this it's it's an overwhelming thing, uh, depending on how you think about it. And if you know in the back of your mind that it's common for people to want to die, it's okay. It comes and it goes like a wave. Listen, we it's 2021. We are in a time and place the, the most that it's ever been in the history of this planet Earth where we can receive immediate gratification whenever we want on anything, okay? So a lot of times when we're that deeply fucking sad, we want the immediate, we want the immediacy of ending the pain. But you have to breathe through it. I guarantee you, if you breathed in for four seconds, held it for four seconds, and let it out for six, did that a couple times, the dust will settle on your sad, your suicidal thoughts. I, 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 I promise you this. I promise you. There's a lot of stories about people who have took taken their own lives in Laura Lynn Jackson's books, and they a lot of them regret it, and they regret it. They were much like Nathan did. They see the pain that it's caused their loved ones, 
You think no one's going to care because your brain's being a real piece of shit to you. You think everyone's going to be happy when I die. You might you might think that. But that's your brain being a dickhead. Okay? I promise you. All right, next email. Okay, this is the last one, but it's a long one. So let's send it on a mystical note. The subject line is many, many, many mystical experiences. Hi, Christina and Kevin. Uh, my name is, I'm going to call it Mel for short. Yes, you can say it. My name is Mel, and I have been listening to the voices in our heads since you started, and I'm a longtime fucker. Well, thank you. I just wanted to let you know that this podcast you've been doing has really helped me grow emotionally as a person, as well as the Guys We Fuck podcast. Yay. I've been loving these last few episodes where you've been talking about how people experience things that are not easily explained. Let me tell you, I've been living this reality my entire life. Oh, I'm so excited you emailed me, bitch. Bitch in an empowering way. Happy International Women's Day. I actually have so many different experiences and stories that have not only happened to me, but a lot of people in my life, mainly my mom. She has the gift. Oh, that's so cool. Can I Skype with your mom? Um, I And I... Uh, I thought you would find a lot of them interesting. Now, there is way too many stories for me to put them all into one email, so I just decided to write about my own experiences in this email. However, I think you would find some of the stories my mom has told me and experienced herself very interesting. So I will send another email with some of her stories as well. I hope you can share some of these on the podcast. Well, girl, there's always a next Wednesday, and I'm going to share some of the stories from your goddamn mom that got the gift. So cool. For some context, I'm 20, turning 27 in March. Yes, an Aries bitch. Yes, Aries bitch. My grandmother was half native Hawaiian and half Chinese. And growing up, my childhood was steeped in learning all about my heritage as a native Hawaiian since my family did, uh, did move from the island. Grandfather was in the military and I grew up in Arizona. Fuck yeah. My mom taught me hula. Oh, if you guys have never been to Hawaii and seen a proper uh, hula... It's fucking gorgeous. My mom taught me hula and her whole side of the family would play music and I learned to perform at festivals. Ah, that's so cool. There are a lot of things from my culture that definitely helped me grow my own type of spirituality. So as far as mystical things that have happened to me personally, I don't have quite as many experiences as my mother because I do not share the same gift as she has, even though she has always been very open with me ever since I was young about her experiences so that if I were to have the same experiences, I would be comfortable talking to her about them. Oh, girl, what a goddamn gift that is to have a parent who's open minded to that stuff and can foster that in you. Oh, it's amazing. However, I do have a couple things that have happened to me. One of the first things I was told was that as a child, I was very close to my, quote, proctor or guardian angel or spirit guide, whichever you'd like to call it. My mother would often hear a little girl running around the house at night. I'm the oldest and only girl with two younger brothers. And sometimes when she would come into my room to check on me, I would be fast asleep. One night, she even woke me up to see if I was faking being asleep. And when I woke up and she asked me if I had been playing around the house when it was bedtime, my response was, oh, that wasn't me. That's just my friend. Oh, P.S. Y'all. Sometimes when kids talk about imaginary friends, they're talking about a spirit that they can fucking see because they're pure, wonderful beings, these children. And they could see shit because adults haven't whacked it out of their heads yet. Sorry, I digress. Oh, that wasn't me. That's just my friend. And then she saw a small figure run into the room past her and climbed into bed with me as I wrapped my arm around her shoulders. What? She was mischievous, 
just like me. And when my mother would lose things like her glasses, she would tell me, Mel, please tell your friend I really need my glasses back. And she would usually find that item on the coffee table the next day. Oh, that's so cool. As I got older, my abilities to communicate with non-physical beings slowly went away. I was not tasked with the same gift as my mom, who literally sees shit all the time. But I did still continue to have experiences throughout my life. Oh, my God, that's so cool. When I was about 12, my parents got divorced and my mom fell in love with another man who ended up leaving a huge impact on my life. Not only was he kind and caring, he loved my mom in a way that I don't think I'd ever seen her loved before. Oh, that's really nice. He was about 18 years younger than my mom, but fuck yeah, your mom, get it, but had been struggling with cancer throughout most of his young adult life. And about two years after he came into my family's life, he passed away from a tumor, which ended up spider webbing through his spine. Oh. He passed away about a month before turning 22. I always struggled with the fact that I wasn't very nice to him all of the time, as these were the years when I started my period, my parents had just gotten a divorce, and my mom had moved us to a new town, so I didn't have many friends. That's fucking absolutely understandable. But I did have quite a few good memories with him, and I did start to have some dreams where he would visit me. One, uh, it started happening more often in the last few years. I'm not quite sure why, but I've had one very intense dream that stuck out the most to me. In this dream, I'm working in a restaurant. I'm a cook and I've always worked in restaurants. I even have a culinary arts degree. Fucking congrats, girl. And good for you. And I see him sitting at a booth. And when I run over to ask him what in the world he is doing here, he tells me how much he misses my cooking. I would often express my emotions through food as I was growing up and would make huge amounts of food for him to come home to when his cancer got bad and he'd have to go to the hospital. I remember sitting and talking to him about what I don't remember, but I remember the last thing I said to him was, quote, what's it like to die? And I remember him saying, quote, it's like coming home to your cooking. Oh, my God. And then he, oh, my God. And then he went to get up and leave. I followed him to the door of the restaurant. And as he was about to walk through the door, I grabbed onto his shirt. And that's when I woke up. Uh, But I could vividly feel the texture of his shirt as I grabbed it. It was a soft corduroy, which was the same exact texture of one of the shirts he would wear all the time. As you can probably guess, I woke up and burst into tears, and although I haven't had as intense of a dream as that one, I've been able to feel his presence more now. Oh my god, that's so fucking cool! Finally, the last story that has happened to me that I will share is when my grandmother passed away. She and I were very close, and after my grandfather died, she ended up moving in with my mom and us. I was in high school when she moved in, and we've been thick as thieves. I, As I got older and I moved out... I went to college and got married. She was there for all of it. I remember her sarcastic and kind of dark sense of humor was one of my favorite qualities about her. She would always tell my mom, quote, I could still kick your ass. I just have to stop and pee first. (laughs) That's fun. As she got older, her health started to deteriorate. She couldn't get up to go to the bathroom by herself, and she couldn't do some of the things she used to. She was extremely talented at needlepoint cross stitch and crochet, which I think made her feel depressed. Shortly before she died, my mom had a hospital bed set up for her and she had at-home hospice care set up so my grandmother uh, could be as comfortable as possible before she passed. When it was 
uh, became clear that she wasn't going to last much longer. She was sleeping pretty much all day and wasn't very responsive when you tried to talk to her. However, a few days before she passed, one of the women from the hospice care came over and read her her last rites. And as she was doing so, my grandmother grabbed onto her rosary, but also seemed to be holding onto something else. Now, for the longest time, my mom and her had this joke about a particular piece of jewelry that my grandmother had, a large jade pendant on a necklace that my mom wanted so bad. My grandmother would tell her all the time that she could have it, quote, over my dead body. (laughs) I feel like I know this is going. So as the woman from hospice was reading her last rites, she held onto her rosary, but then also reached behind the rosary for her jade necklace and then opened one of her eyes, looking directly at my mom and stuck her tongue out at her. (laughs) This was the last conscious thing she did before passing. If that wasn't crazy enough, oh my God. That day after she passed, it snowed in February in Arizona. Whoa, okay, the Arizona part, which is extremely rare, especially since the day before and the day after, it was actually pretty warm, warm, around 75 degrees. Although we all as a family had to laugh because she'd always say, the day I die, hell is going to freeze over because God doesn't wa- God doesn't want me and the devil has a restraining order. <laughs> Oh my god, I love her. Oh, that's so oh. After my grandmother's passing, my whole family has definitely experienced her presence. For example, whenever I'm cooking something and I smell soy sauce, she would literally put soy sauce on everything, even if there what isn't any in the dish I'm making. I know it's her. Oh yeah, PS y'all, you could smell shit that's not really there cuz it's a spirit trying to say hi and they love you. She also has a connection to one of my nephews who wakes up in the middle of the night laughing so hard, (laughs) saying, Kapuna, stop it. You're tickling me. Kapuna is a Hawaiian term for elders, and that's what he he and his siblings called her. Oh, my God. So he tickled her at night? That's so cute. And my mom always has a random thing that inconveniences her in her day whenever she decides to wear my grandma's favorite jade necklace. Anyways, I will write another email. This is so cool. With some of the stories my mom has told me about her experiences and email uh, that to you in a couple days. But I really hope that uh, these from my own life. I love your podcast. Oh, my God, girl. This is great. Well, that's a goddamn good note to end on, huh? You guys, this is wild. I mean, you seriously pay attention to shit. Just lightly. You don't have to like. You know, don't don't do it to the point where it gives you an anxiety in your life. Just pay attention. Lightly pay attention. It's it's lighter than you think. When you pick up on stuff, I'm telling you, it's more easeful than you think. So if you feel like your muscles tightening or anxiety, cre- nah, it's not going to happen. You're trying too hard. That's why when you're doing something automatic like driving or cleaning, that's usually thoughts can come in. You get ideas for creative projects. You know, your your loved one who passed away but didn't really pass away because death isn't real is starting to talk to you. It's, 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 there's, there's, what did the woman say who emailed, who was the first email? She put it very well and I just want to end on her words. Wait, oh God, that was such a beautiful email. Um, I, uh, I hope, and this is, I'm quoting this from the other email, but I'm just going to read it again. I hope that people can explore 
uh, can start to explore the idea that there is something more going on here in our human experience because I think it will help everyone to lessen overall suffering, hatred, political bullshit, etc. and enjoy this beautiful world we have as we lift each other up and enjoying growing, learning, and laughing at the absurdity of it all. I mean, come on! Guys, magic is real. We're all connected. We're all here to love and learn. Congratulations on not killing yourself. I love you so fucking much. I'll talk to you next Wednesday. I care for you. I talk to you in my deepest dreams. I respect you with my all If it wasn't for you I'd be alone If it wasn't for you I'd have to hold my own Don't wait till I do wrong Don't wait till I No matter where you at, no worry, I'll be there. No one's got your back like I do. Even when business ain't going well, we still cool. When I shine, you shine always on your side. All my life, you'll have what's mine. Mark my word, we gon' be alright. My brother, my sister, we gon' be just fine.